Hey everybody, Scotty here. So 2020 is the year of having to add things to the beginning of podcasts to acknowledge the crazy and unprecedented and just plain horrible things that are happening in our world. Skip back to January and we thought the Australian bushfires were the most challenging thing that we were going to have to deal with this year. Fast forward to a pandemic that is still going And then here we are in June 2020, if you're listening later, and the events that happened a few weeks ago in Minnesota in the USA are reverberating around the world in different ways. Now, we're not a current affairs podcast. We're not a news podcast. We're a bunch of middle-aged white guys that talk about toys. Eddie doesn't like to think he's middle-aged, but he really is, and the rest of us definitely are. And we are not the voices of authority when it comes to the issues the world is facing at the moment. Uh, But we are a community here at Action Figure Blues, and we are an inclusive community. So it would be remiss of us to be silent about the challenges and oppression and systemic racism that has been and is being experienced by our black friends and people of color in our community and in the world, we can't say that we know what you're going through, but we can say that we see you, that you matter, that we stand with you against racism. We will continue to strive to be a community where everyone is welcome, where everyone is treated as equal. And we know that we can always do better. So please talk to us, hold us accountable. Let us know where we can represent the different communities that form the part of our big community in a better way. And let's continue to listen to each other and to be open to learning new things and seeing new perspectives so that some good can come out of of all of this. So that's our little spiel. We're very grateful for all of you, and we're going to get on with the show. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 370, brought to you by Apple Music, Audible, and ActionFigureBlues.com. I'm Scotty, and with me tonight are... Ben, Eddie... And John. Tonight, our Toy of the Week is the DC Artist Alley James Groman line, and our discussion topic is a breakdown of the Hasbro G.I. Joe Classified Wave 1. Gentlemen, how are we? Good. Hello. Good. Spiffing. Hey, Spiffing. Uh, John, in honor of International Guest Appreciation Day, uh, it's an official holiday that I just created. You can go first by telling us briefly how you are, and also, is there anything of note that you have acquired in the toy area recently? I'm a guest now. (laughs) International co-host. I apologize, oh. of course. It's just, <laughs> okay. in, in honor of International Co-host Day. Let's see. What am I about to do? I've been working, and it, it's kind of like I just don't know what day it is because I'm four days at home, three days at work, four days at home, three days at work, 
I don't think days matter as much. It's just kind of like day. Yeah. No, day. but my, do- my dogs are really confused. <laughs> <laughs> on Mondays, we sit on the couch with him. Then on Tuesday, he disappears. <laughs> on Fridays, he orders lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're really confused. They don't know. They just look at me in the morning. Which way are you going today? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> But uh, it's all good. It's all good. And uh, let's see, I, I, I joined the Baby Yoda Club, so I got Baby Yoda in, and uh, that's good. So I've been posting some pictures with him. And then I managed last night to score, um, what was it, Thursday night? Um, I stopped at GameStop on my way to pick up food, and um, I've been watching a Nendroid um, Sully from Monsters, Inc. Mm. He's been gone. He's been on clearance, and he was like, Fifty nine ninety five on clearance. I was like, that's too much. And then he was like forty nine ninety five on clearance. And to the other day when I went in, he was twenty nine ninety five. I was like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> Winning. So you're yeah. playing the Price is Right the game where the little guy's climbing up the mountain, just yeah. how low <laughs> he'll get before he falls off. Pretty much, yeah. And and then I got up to the register and they're like, oh, you got a five dollar coupon on your account. Okay, <laughs> so so I finally got the the Sully to go with Mike. It's all Winning. it's all good. Yeah, yeah. It's been a good week. Very good. I I don't own any Nendroids, but I often look at them and go, mm, mm. they look really cute. But they, I mean, in Australia, they're kind of at least a hundred bucks. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. No, I mean they're right in that forty to sixty, and he's a deluxe one, so he's got the extra door and stuff. So. That's why he's so expensive to begin with. Only they're oh, like between okay. sixty, though. Yeah, I I I've also looked at uh, Monsters Inc. Cos Babies mm. as well, and uh, but again, they, I mean they're not as expensive as Nendroids. But yeah, the only thing I don't like about Nendroids is their if their joints aren't like solid solid when they're together because they do a lot of part swapping like with arms and stuff. So some of their parts don't stay together like a regular mass production toy. I mean, they'll look good and they'll stay when they're standing, but like, you know, if you pick it up and try and rotate the arm, you'll find the arms in your hand and you'd be like, well, why is that there? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'll I'll still Cosby. Uh, Like my, I've got the Edna mode and Jack, Jack Cosby's Mm. Um, very good. So Sully actually has articulated eyebrows with like little, (laughs) The little barbell joints. So he's got little barbells, and you got to swap them between his faces when you change his face. (laughs) So they're on these little posts. It looks like he has a little antenna above his eyes, and you don't have the eyebrows on. (laughs) Very cool. Okay, I'm uh, done. (laughs) Mr. Eddie, how are you, and what have you acquired in the toy department? I've been good. I'm just chugging along, um, getting close to returning. Back to work than working from home, which I'm looking forward to. And yeah, been filling a lot of that time with online shopping. So uh, did, uh, as we sort of gave notice to last week, had the uh, Black Widow wave of Marvel Legends on its way. So that's finally arrived. And uh, it's sort of weird getting a set of figures a little bit later than I was meant to, but still months ahead of the movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a... <laughs> Bit of a strange feel. It'll be interesting to see uh, what the collective market's like uh, when that movie comes out, whether they sort of get a second wave of them uh, out at retail, or do we have a whole bunch of uh, angry um, Marvel legend people going like, oh, I really want this. Where Where's this figure? Or yeah. um, as it comes. So 
but yeah, enjoyed opening them up. Uh, also had my Iron Man 2020 come in, which is probably uh, the best thing to come out of 2020. <laughs> is, By uh, far. Arno Stark. Um, did uh, I am uh, the one, I think, uh, continuing on with the SH Figuarts uh, Dragon Ball line. So I had Super Instinct Goku and Tao Pai Pai uh, come in this week. Our uh, G.I. Joe wave that we'll be talking about a little bit later on. <laughs> I did manage to find, um, it was the first time I've actually been to a shopping center uh, was last week. Uh, I was uh, taking Dad in for a medical appointment and had a walk around uh, and found in a toy store a Mega Constructs five pack of the Masters of the Universe. So, uh, sort of the Mega Blocks uh, new name and uh, just the little figures in a five pack, which is all I kind of wanted from it. I didn't really want to buy a whole Castle Grayskull to build up just for the figures and got those. And they're kind of cool. They're sort of like uh, Motu Classic scale figures for your motu classic figures uh is (laughs) the way the sizing sort of works on them so uh that was a nice little pickup and uh was excited to get notification uh that mine and ben's uh super seven conan has finally shipped and is on its way out to us so i don't know how long the shipping is going to take at the moment with things but uh it's uh closer to the end of the journey than the beginning on those so should be fun to finally get that excellent how long have you been waiting on that uh we yeah uh we pre-ordered them like the week after toy fair last year oh okay but not not like a not like an extreme long time it was the same time as i pre-ordered the movie masters of the universe figures though which i reviewed at the beginning of the year uh so this one got a bit more uh delayed through but uh, they have included new weapons and accessories to apologize for the lateness. So if it's going to be late, it's good that the company um, has thrown in a little bit extra as a, hey, sorry about this, but uh, it's coming back through. <laughs> very, very good. Uh, and Mr. Ben, how are you? What have you acquired? Uh, good, good. I'm good. Um, continuing my uh, hot streak of not setting foot into my workplace for nine weeks now. So working from home almost continuously huzzah so and uh, my uh, my only other colleague in in my state um turns out to live about two miles or a bit over three kilometers away from me so instead of going into the office we just uh, meet at a local coffee shop which is actually really good so uh, that's been that's been fun um yes eddie mentioned the uh, hasbro gij classified and uh, we were exchanging a couple of messages going hey mine you know they're on the truck they're on the truck kind of thing and it's like oh mine too they should be here like any any minute and so mine arrived and i sent eddie a photo to show that they'd arrived and it's like you know i, I won't open them and and send pictures or anything i'll wait till eddie gets his and i'll wait and i'll wait and I'll wait, and it's really odd since they, you know, <laughs> came should be getting to uh, Eddie before they get to me. I, I physically wait. live a state closer to the <laughs> dispatch point. <laughs> and then if, if you just could visually just insert one of those montages where, like, the sun goes down and then 
the sun comes up and you, you see the rooster on the fence and you go you go through another day and you haven't heard from Eddie but the tumbleweeds roll you know, roll past and you're waiting and you're waiting and then two days later Eddie gets his G.I. Joe figures so uh, yes anyway so um, but I also got my Star Wars Black uh, The Child um, which I had seen photos of online and everyone said, I can't believe how small it is. And it's like, oh, you know, it can't be that small. And then I saw it and went, holy dooly. And I had to buy two because um, the first one I sneezed and it wafted away and got lost <laughs> in the carpet. So, um, and I couldn't find it. Um, I do and- love um, the little container that the tiny accessories. Uh, yes. Yeah, so that is very <laughs> handy not to lose things the moment you open up. Uh, the tray and making it hard plastic, not soft plastic. So yeah. even if it does bend, things don't flick out of it. And speaking I, of um, pre-lost accessories, the little, uh, you know, the little gear lever knob that um, the Mandalorian gives him to play with, I just think that is that has to be the smallest accessory ever for any action figure. Like it's just this tiny little pellet of silver. It's, it's up there with low lights bullet. I, uh, yeah. it, it, it's smaller. It's definitely yeah. smaller. It's uh, ridiculous. So um, the, thing and, is, the thing is he can't hold it. Oh, like, His I hand's not really played. molded to hold it. I, you can um, get him to balance. So if you actually look at the bottom of uh, the little ball, there's like an even almost microscopic uh, yeah, little, little nub, yeah. yeah, that does. Uh, so if you get the palm of his hand and twist that upwards and put that little indent, it will fit into the palm of his hand. So it will <laughs> uh, clip in and stay there. So he's holding it in sort of one hand um, upwards, but yeah, and don't move. Yeah, so, yeah, I was going to say definitely don't sneeze or yeah. That uh, would be the scariest one to have fall off your shelf because that little um, piece is not coming back anywhere. So I've. Uh, kept all my pieces in the little plastic tray and sealed mm. tight. Yeah, um, I after point, yeah. But I won't be displaying any of those out. Yeah. Um, the other thing, uh, I've been having some ongoing issues with an e-tailer waiting for pre-orders, and I had a bit of a tantrum during the week and said, you know, give me my stuff or give me my money, and the person kind of went, oh, well, and I went, yeah, anyway, I've had enough, give me my money back. Um, so when I got refunded, I immediately spent the money within about an hour and uh, – what did I pre-order? I pre-ordered the Strong Guy, Marvel Legends Wave, and the next uh, Star Wars Black Line, the one that's got um, uh, Zeb, Tebow, um, Akbar, etc. So, yeah, not a bad week, all things. So you didn't spend it on reordering the stuff that you're not getting from... Well, I had a bit of a think about it, and I think I just got a bit enthusiastic, particularly with the Hobgoblin, uh, the um, Demogoblin wave, because, you know, I really don't want the video game Spidey figures. I didn't want yeah. the superior <laughs> octopus. I already had a Shang-Chi because I picked it up locally. Um, so the only figure I really, really wanted other than the Builder figure was White Rabbit, and I got her for a good deal off of um, eBay. Oh, very good. So, so yeah, and the Fantastic Four wave, I'd already picked up a Doom uh, in my travels. And so then again, I kind of went, well, I've got all the Toy Biz Super Scrolls uh, and the variants, so I don't know that I'm, you know, I mean, I may keep an eye out for both Builder figures loose down the track, but I'm in no hurry. Yeah, that's a win. For the new ones. So, so yeah, not bad, not bad. What about you, Mr. Scotty? Uh, I am well. I'm into like the second week of being my own boss, and I think I'm still my worst boss I've ever had. <laughs> I'm so difficult and temperamental. Uh, no, it's all going well. It's um good. And 
I, I was really reflecting that the whole work from home thing, which I have been doing before COVID, um, has been such good preparation for this because on one level, it's kind of actually not that different in terms of having to kind of structure, you know, my own day and really yeah. stay focused and that sort of thing. So, um, but, you know, uh, much less on the annoying meeting side. So that, and, <laughs> Uh, acquisition wise, <laughs> oh, no, I'm just the meetings. The meetings, it's like, can anyone hear me? Can anyone is my microphone? Can you hear me? Oh my God. <laughs> like, mm. yeah. Can anyone it's, see my screen share? <laughs> <laughs> could everyone, if you're not talking, could you please mute? <laughs> oh my gosh, a friend, a friend of mine said that their uh, nine year old said with remote school, they're like, how do they expect me to get any work done when they have all these meetings? <laughs> it was like, uh, they're just preparing you for the rest yeah, of your well. life really <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I was yeah. i was on a call and uh it was with somebody in mexico i think or you know it was a bunch of people and you know there's somebody in mexico and i heard a kid screaming in the background and i'm like oh okay and then you hear them say something in spanish which i couldn't understand and then you hear the kids keep screaming and then the line just goes dead <laughs> like, oh, awesome. Yeah. Okay. To report or not to report? <laughs> I had a, a call with uh, somebody for a, like, I got a, a finance thing and I had to call about something. And the person in the background was in the Philippines and there were, there were chickens in the, <laughs> in the background and she was like i am so sorry i was like oh, that's fine i was like so you're working from home and she was like yeah this is this is uh you know early early covid and we just had the best chat and it was so it was just such a like positive life-affirming moment and she was like i'm so sorry my name has chicken and it's like, it's just, that's great. <laughs> it was awesome anyway so that's that and then i have done some acquiring um i just got today the wallace and gromit pop vinyls with, oh. with and also Shaun the Sheep. Oh my gosh. I nearly chose them as my choice <laughs> of the week. Oh, but we don't but um we don't normally do pops and I was I mean like there's not a lot to say except that oh my god it's like Wallace and Gromit. Um, yeah they look great but, but the paint's shit. It, no actually the paint's really good on these I have to say and um and they are like if you're a Wallace and Gromit fan, it's like these guys were made to be pops when you look at them. Mm. You know like they're just yeah and the Shaun the Sheep is pretty, is pretty cool as well. That's very awesome. And little the- uh, fun piece of trivia: years ago, there was a Wallace and Gromit uh, exhibition that they uh, needed to do some localization stuff for. Uh, so I provided the voice of Wallace and recorded some things. So wow, technically, excellent. I have uh, played the part of Wallace. It was so uh, a very long get- record session for me to try and get it down just right so i'm not gonna uh do it again okay yeah but yeah mm. but that means that you get a wallace uh pop and then say like it's a pop of you mm-hmm. wow <laughs> anyway okay I'm, I'm gonna have to get those for tracy looks like oh they're so good they're so so good the i got a, a bit of a grail as well i never got I don't know why but the marvel legends uh hasbro original red hulk wave was a wave that i never which means i never got a spiral yeah it was a target exclusive yeah. i think we okay. yeah we never got it here in australia uh, and it was before um sort of internet shopping had really taken off in 
okay. a big way. So a store exclusive was much harder to get here at the time. Two thousand and nine. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Okay, and the it's one of those things where by the time I realized, oh, I would really like that, it's just like silly, silly eBay, you know, hundreds of dollars kind of. And uh, I just so I just put a want to buy post, which I've never actually done before in a Facebook group. And the very first person that messaged me had a loose one complete for a super reasonable price. And I was like, sold. And, um, which now I'm sure means that we're about to get a one, a new one. Um, but I don't know, cause this is a really lovely, um, I'm really happy to have it. I mean, she feels a little bit tiny compared to the, the this was early, um, Hasbro. And the, those figures in those first waves are a bit smaller scale-wise than what we're getting today. Um, but still, it's really exceptional. So very happy to have her. And then the other thing I've been acquiring is I've mentioned I started collecting the Teen Titans multi-part statue from DC Direct. And I've got everybody except for Kid Flash now. And it's really cool. And I'll do some photos and stuff for the Facebook page when they're all together. Um, the Beast Boy in particular is really uh, awesome because he's transforming into the the tiger and the way that the fabulous Joe Mena has sculpted that is really brilliant and the photos don't do it justice so uh, really fun cool well that's how we are that's what we've acquired and now we are going to go oh something else to mention the signal goes out the ferocious feline is on the prowl but Bruce Wayne's custom coupe is loaded with surprises. Batman returns. What was that? It's Batman. Captain trap. But Batman's unstoppable. No, I'm not. Batman strikes back. Batman returns. Bruce Wayne figure included with custom coupe. Other figures sold separately. Well, now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail. And these might be new releases, or we might talk about favourite or bizarre items from our collection. And Mr Scotty, we are handing over to you. Thank you, Ben. I think I could be doing a bit of the bizarre uh, today. I've mentioned in a few recent shows that I have been really enjoying picking up the various uh, Artist Alley uh, PVC lines from DC Direct slash DC Collectibles, and I decided that I wanted to make one of them my Toy of the Week this week, so technically Toys of the Week, and I chose the James Groman uh, Monstery line. So if you aren't familiar with James Groman, you may uh, know his work from Mad Balls, which if you are a kid of the 80s. Uh-huh. When did Mad Balls come out? I think it was kind of yeah. 80s. It was yeah. 80s. So, it was 80s, yep. Yeah, yeah. So Mad Balls um, are this uh, you know kind of really weird ball that are monster faces, basically, and there's been lots of different mm. iterations um, of them. Uh, the first lot was from, I think it was called Amtoy, and it was part of American Greetings, which is kind of weird when you think about it. Like when I think American Greetings, I think you know, like happy cards for Mother's Day and that yeah, sort of thing, like and a not card. <laughs> yeah, not like you know balls with monster faces on them. Um, but James Grumman was 
uh, one of, if not the original designers of Madballs. And then it's had a few different iterations over the years. Art Asylum did um, some in, I think, like, you know, 2007. And then there, there has been a more recent iteration as well. And one of the things that I really like about the Artist Alley series is that it is going to artists that have a particular style who are not necessarily um, in the the uh, collectible sculpting business and giving them a chance to design some of the classic DC characters in their style. So when you understand who made these and what they're based on, um, it really makes a lot of sense. When the Artist Alley stuff first started being solicited, some of it, like the Chris Amingo series, etc., which is a little bit more of a literal interpretation of the characters in his style, uh, were really accessible to me. But the more super stylistic stuff like this just was, it's a bit visually overwhelming if you don't know what you're looking at, and it just kind of seemed messy. Um, but when I got a chance to see some of these in person and really look at an individual piece, I started really appreciating them for what they are. These are one-tenth scale, and they are um, highly complex sculpts, but because they are PVC, they are pretty price-friendly. You know, they're around the $50 mark in the U.S., um, and then scale up from uh, there for you know, various currencies. Um, but this is super fun. So I do have a album of images of all of these up on our Facebook page, which you can have a look at. Um, if you're listening along and uh, can't look right now, think Mad Balls, Ugly Faces, etc. And the four characters in this line are Batman, Joker, Two-Face, and Killer Croc. Now, James Groman didn't just design these, he actually sculpted these as well. And he did them uh, through traditional sculpting. So they're not actually based on digital sculpts. They're based on molds from traditional sculpting, which is cool. Um, DC does have a bit of an article about this on their website. This was, These were released around Halloween uh, last year, but I've only just managed to cobble all of them together. So I'll just go through each character and talk a little bit about them. And I'll start, of course, with uh, Batman. Um, Packaging-wise, these are... The biggest of all of the artist's alley uh, figures, and therefore the biggest of all boxes. And the artist alley boxes, all the ones that came out last year, have the whatever anniversary custom, you know, one edge, uh, not square, which is just irritating. Um, but, you know, there you go. The uh, color, uh, they're really nice packaging with the design the the designs and then a image of all of the pieces on the back etc some of them have a opening flap with a window box and some don't and i don't know if that's kind of based on the budget of the line etc but these don't so you've got to actually take them out of the box to see the the figure whereas some of the other ones um like the the Chris Aminga ones, etc., and the Chrissy Zulo ones, which were the three, the four female characters, which I really loved. They have the window boxes that open up, um, but these you've got to take them out. They all have a single plastic tray, except for Batman, who has got a second tray because he's got wings. So these are uh, around the kind of nine inch height uh, mark. I think that. Joker might be the tallest. I think he's 10 or 11. Uh, Batman's just 
under nine, and each one is a kind of monster mad ball take on the character with uh, the kind of exaggerated gory details, exposed muscle fibers, extra teeth, and kind of obviously this guy is the main takeaway get from that from what the toys that we're getting out of his brain. Um, <laughs> The, they're not articulated, so they, you know, what you what you see is what you get. Um, the uh, oops, and that was bat, one of Batman's wings falling off. <laughs> there, there are two characters that have got um, parts that snap on Batman's wing, Killer Croc's tail, and I have to say, neither of them uh, go in super tightly. So it's what, what I was trying to kind of move these guys around and photograph them. It was a little bit of a pain to kind of keep the the pieces in, um, but not the end of the world because they're just going to end up on the, the shelf eventually. Um, so Batman is really cool, and he's got some really fun details in his costume when you look at it. He's a, a giant bat. He's uh hunched over so he's got a hunchback um and he has actual uh, bat wings um the ca- the way that he's designed his cape is really fun because it hangs quite low at the back thin and low at the back but then it also drapes over the wings and it's all you know kind of rotted and falling apart which is um the whole sort of idea the he's got um, the the calloused, exposed skin. His veins are painted green. Um, he has batarangs kind of sticking out of his arms like extra uh, weapons. And then a really cool detail, which I didn't notice until I was photographing, which is that he's got some trophies on his belt. So we have Bane's mask. Um, mm. We have uh, Joker's, uh, you know, trick fish. Uh, kind of thing and then around the side and I tried to photograph these uh, you can make out Riddler's hat and then also Catwoman's cowl Um, there's a skull as well which I'm not sure if that is meant to be anybody in particular it's just just a skull Um, but I thought those were like super fun little nods and of course I know that John would love the Bane as well and be super happy that's what you're getting for Christmas if you're excited oh yeah yeah Uh, yeah. Um, he he does because he is hunched over from a photographing point of view. He's looking um, like he's facing uh, the the table um, quite deeply, and so a little bit tricky to photograph. Again, if you if if you're displaying these guys, they're going to look better a little bit higher than lower because they're all a little bit hunched over and monstery. But that is Batman. He's um, just Super, super fun. Um, Joker, on some level, is the kind of creepiest because he's based on this, um, like a kind of elongated monster. He's got roller skates, which is which is crazy. Um, he's got almost like an alligatory type neck with ridges on it and hunching over, and then a crazy purple kind of ponytail. He his arms are really elongated. And he's on roller skates, which is super fun. Again, some really like crazy details here because in the middle of his body 
is like a jack-in-the-box and you can see the kind of spring instead of a torso and then also the jack-in-the-box winder um, on the side which is super fun on his right side he has got an arm with fingers and then another it looks like he's got two arms and the second arm has got a really creepy robin puppet on it which is just hilarious and then on the back he has a shark missile attached to his back i guess for extra so with the with the roller skates and that you can mow to transport um amazing paints on these and he's the most the brightest in tone wise of the four um but really fun he's the one that initially i was like that is the one that made me just go these are just too over the top i don't even get what that is but he's ultimately then the one when i really looked at him that sold me on the because i loved the robin puppet and just the the craziness of all of it um he's also got as well as the lighter tones than the others he's also got a little bit of metallic paint on his he has uh like wrist straps and also then the straps and of his roller skates and his skates have got a metallic sheen and that's different from the others the others are all matte so brighter crazier super fun the next one then is two-face and this i think is probably the creepiest um one because two-face is has got a giant head and he's sitting in a chair looking extra creepy if you find the dc comics uh, website article about these it actually goes through uh, a number of different designs before they landed on this and i think they're all um really cool but i'm glad that they chose the 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 big head and sitting down version because it's a bit different and also it's um quite fun the other thing I really like about him is that as well as the uh, mon- the scarred side being green monster flesh with a really creepy monster eye um is that the instead of flipping his coin he's holding a little grenade and I, I really love the symbolism there I thought that is that is really cool you know it's every every two face has got a coin of course and this one doesn't. This one's got the little grenade instead, and I, I actually think that, that is a really nice touch. He's obviously the shortest of all of them because he's sitting down, so he's just over six inches um, tall, uh, and uh, it, he's actually quite creepy. I, I did it when I first saw it. I almost thought, oh, it could have been Hector Hammond, you know. Like, uh, but obviously these are Batman, so that's your. Two face, super creepy. And then I saved my personal favorite in this line for last, and that is the Killer Croc. And he's my favorite because he's just goofy as all get out. <laughs> he's got uh the the, <clears throat> the you know the the oversized mouth, but then one arm is uh kind of a, a normal arm with uh, fingers, and then the other arm is this crazy kind of suction uh multi-teeth limb thing that is just absolutely freaky he's got extra little serpenty things coming off of him and then uh a, a tail at the back which was quite an effort to get to attach but i think i finally have got it um snapped on properly so that it's not dropping off and he is just insanely goofy um so yeah, and around seven inches tall. These were limited to three thousand pieces, and they are they they're not numbered on the 
actual statues, but they come in the packaging with an art card that has the illustration on it and then also the numbering as well. So they are actually... So I think for the price point and the the creativity, these are, are super fun. What I'm finding with the Artist Alley figures is some of them, some of the older ones, have gone up really significantly in price. Um, I th- I've managed to chase down now pretty much everything from the ones that I missed without having to play crazy prices for them but there are others that are still available at really reasonable prices and one place particularly if you're in Australia where I have found quite good prices and some of these is actually on Amazon I'm not sure why they're they've got the kind of cheaper prices that they do um, not all but some uh, are significantly cheaper than what you're going to find at retail in Australia so that's the James Groman series that's artist Ellie and these are super fun, and I'm looking forward to sharing more with you about some of these waves. The um, Killer Croc kind of reminds me of Slythe from Thundercats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't unsee it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm seeing there. Yeah. These really remind me more of, like, uh, Hot Rod, Rat Fink type art. Yes. I, I know they're, you know, Mad Balls, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, he's definitely taken some inspiration, especially the the two face that that really kind of reminds me of that. Huh. I don't know. I don't know if you guys are really familiar with that, but you know that, that was yeah, no, I know Rat Rat Fink, yeah. Actually, mm-hmm. I could, now that I now that I think about it, yeah. How, how old is Rat Fink? What's the oh seven think sixties seventies? Yeah, 70s? yeah I think yeah. he goes yeah, back to the sixties. So. t shirts. You're right, sixties. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the gross, you know, and they had some model kits and stuff back then. Um, that were kind of the same thing. You know, you'd have a monster and a hot rod, and um, mm. Mm. I actually saw these today when I was picking up my uh, the child figure, and uh, they're they're actually bigger. That I mean, you know, Scotty's obviously described them and, and mentioned the scale and that sort of thing, but um, I was quite surprised at just how big they are. They're in a display case. Um, and I mean, you know, Croc in particular, you get your money's worth because he's kind of as wide as he is tall. So, well, in Batman too, because with the wings yeah, as well, like he's yeah. a heavy unit, and I, you know, that is the the thing I really like about these lines is that they're not each one is its own thing. Like they're not trying to scale with each other, etc. Um, there, and so some of them are like the there's a. I'm probably going to butcher this name, but show Miraz or Marais, um, that did one of the early ones with Poison Ivy, Batgirl, Catwoman, etc. The Poison Ivy was really tricky to track down for a non-ridiculous price. Um, and they're quite small. They're really beautifully detailed, but quite small in comparison to, to, to these. Um, but they're just their own thing, you know, and that, that is really cool. And I, as much as, you know, I, I would, you prioritize my money for classic comic book representations of characters. Um, these are actually really cool. And I think that, uh, particularly with, you know, and we didn't talk about this in the intro, but uh, particularly with some of the changes happening to DC, um, at the moment with distribution, you know, et cetera. Um, yeah. and mm-hmm. I just think, you know, financially needing to diversify and to keep the brand alive. If things like this, you know, work and sell and get stuff out to other people, the more the merrier. Yep, absolutely. Excellent. No, something very different. Thank you very much, Mr. Scotty. We are going to take a break and come back with our discussion topic of the week. Duke's in trouble! Scramble the Storm Eagle! 
young Storm Eagle has a hidden water cannon that shoots up to 20 feet. But the Cobra Liquidator's making a splash, and the Parasite's launching catapult missiles. Mobilize the Patriot! It's the G.I. Joe Patriot with a huge mortar cannon that really fires! G.I. Joe Patriot, Storm Eagle, Cobra, Parasite, and Liquidator sold separately. I found the Barracuda! But Duke's gone! So glad you could join us! <laughs> Well, the first waves of new figure lines are always anticipated, and we like to give them proper attention on the show. And it is great to be giving G.I. Joe some uh, love. I think we've probably done a few G.I. Joe pieces over the years, but there hasn't been a lot to talk about in recent uh, times. Now, if you are a traditionalist, then uh, you may or may be excited about this row, but we and, and Eddie, who are doing the breakdown here, while John and I add color. Sorry, just a listener note. The uh, Was it last episode that we did Snake Eyes, or two ago? No, I think it was a smart of him. Yeah. Two yeah. episodes. Yeah. Two episodes. So 368, uh, the Snake Eyes exclusive these guys, so now they're reviewing the whole wave. And now That's now correct. Yes, yes. Uh, look, I think one of the main things that came out of it uh, in that discussion, you know, with Eddie was that uh, uh, I can remember very early on in the podcast saying that uh, I was holding off on collecting G.I. Joe and Star Wars until they moved to a six-inch scale um, as much as I was, you know, enthusiastic um, to, to collect either of them. And sure enough, uh, some years later, Hasbro's called my bluff on both licenses, and, uh, well, here we are. So um, Wave 1, five figures. And uh, for those people that don't know, our uh, our international co-host, uh, Engineer Nerd, is uh, quite the G.I. Joe fan, so we definitely wanted to have him here with us for colour commentary. Um, and I'd like to just kick things off um, by asking you, John, what your initial thoughts are, because I, I can remember sort of really hassling you when Star Wars Black came out and going, so, John, ha, ha, are you going to jump to six inch? Are you going to jump to six inch? And you were like, mm, uh, no. And so I'm I'm very keen to get your early early thoughts on this. Yeah, I, I like them. Um, I'm probably more likely to do this than I would be the Star Wars ones. Uh, just, be, just because I don't have as many G.I. Joes as I do of Star Wars. Mm, um, mm. And they kind of fit better, you know, with Marvel Legends and, and that kind of stuff as well. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think this is a good addition. Um, I don't know that there's really anybody that's a maybe Scarlet. Um, you know, that would that would be the one in this wave that maybe I would pick up. Um, just because I, I tend to run a little bit different in my choices. But uh, maybe Scarlet, maybe Duke. Um, I'm not a huge Snake Eyes fan, so I, I don't have to have him. I'm not a huge Robot fan, so I don't have to have him. Yeah, yeah. I, see, I remember you saying that, uh, yeah, you weren't a, a huge Snake Eyes fan. So, um, Eddie, one thing that's actually been really interesting on the interwebs um, so far is the, the number of people that are actually having trouble getting this wave. I think you and I have somehow... Yeah, it's um, and and look, I I can understand. GI Joe's always been a bit of a weird brand. International, um, the original twelve-inch GI Joe uh, was rebranded as uh, Action Man uh, in the UK, and uh, I believe here, um, I don't know too many um, toy experts uh, who, who were around in the sixties uh, to back back me up here in terms of Australian history. But I believe, uh, yeah, we got action man as well and not uh, GI Joe. 
Uh, and then in the early years, uh, we got Action Force stuff uh, and not so much G.I. Joe stuff, I believe, in the 80s. But by the time I was sort of old enough and collecting toys to the later half of the 80s uh, to the early 90s, it had definitely swapped uh, over to being the main uh, G.I. Joe, uh, I think, because the cartoons, because generally um, we'd get cartoons and things sort of a year or even a couple of years later than they would in the States. So um, the yeah. cartoon seemed to um, kick off a bit here and then they, they really sort of went uh, full ball with G.I. Joe. So it was huge when I was a kid. It was one of the most prominent uh, action figure lines. And I think part of that was we seemed to get a lot of the overflow stock. So we would tend to get a wave of G.I. Joe's uh, once again, a year or two after the States had gotten them. And so you'd go into a toy store and there would just be like a huge drum of G.I. <laughs> Joe figures that would be like a dollar or two dollars. Uh, That's which was... actually how I remember them. I, I've seen them in those middle aisle kind of wire basket things. Um, that's, yeah, that's how yeah. I, I actually remember them more than anything. And so, like, I absolutely like, loved it as a kid because it was so much easier to convince your parents to buy you a G.I. Joe than uh, I believe Ninja Turtles were uh, like $5 at the time. So it's like, okay, I can get a G.I. Joe for a dollar. Or I could get a, you know, argue for a turtle for five dollars. <laughs> um, I'm going to have much better luck. And you know, still knowing my parents, it was still like, oh, have you seen this uh, corpse figure? He's only fifty cents now. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, that was a big. Like I even remember towards the end of GI Joe, '95. Uh, uh, by this time, most figures had gotten up to sort of being around. Uh, ten, twelve dollars. Uh, but there was a big GI Joe sale at Toy World where they had GI Joes for two dollars. And me and my best mate Tom, who I talked about on the podcast uh, we did years ago about like favorite backyard locations and that that we turned into play areas and uh, pieces. Me and him were uh, like every day after school. My dad was nice enough to take us to the toy store and we'd get a new GI Joe. Uh, each because he was like they're two dollars like here yeah i'm gonna be the most beloved dad ever and rather than just buy a whole heap at once he played it smart and carried it out through like a fortnight of going to the toy store every day and uh us both getting a new gi joe each uh which was a, a really great time and just like wow i can't believe it every day i'm getting a new toy <laughs> and like which which one will i get tomorrow i hope they've still got this one here and yeah, da, 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 yeah. and like a lot of this is the fluoro colors that are <laughs> a bit uh debated about today but i've got some great love for them i remember getting like the later version of shipwreck there in his naval kind of the gray uh swimsuit there and flint in his desert fatigues and beachhead in his sort of blue uh look but yeah lo loved that sort of era yeah of it yeah. but uh then when you get to kind of the modern era you had fantastic uh toy line with the 25th anniversary of gi joe uh that was merged into sort of the same style they did for the gi joe rise of cobra movie which came out uh, fairly soon after the Transformers movie, which is important to note because when the Transformers movie came out, uh, they were not expecting to get hit with the demand of Transformer movie toys that they'd 
got hit with to the point mm, that they were completely mm. sold out. Stores were having to put apologies on the shelves. They were rushing new stock. They were one of the biggest things that Christmas and they just sold gangbusters. It's you know hard to comprehend just how well those Transformer movie toys sold yeah. and how well that movie did. And kind of unfairly, the same level of precedent was put on Hasbro's next you know toy line being turned into a movie which was gi joe rise of cobra which unfortunately i've got a bit of a soft spot for the movie it's one of my guilty pleasures uh but it did not hit the heights of the transformers film franchise and unfortunately that meant that uh those gi joe toys stunk up uh retail shelves uh like crazy and to bring this story full circle uh, when I was uh, in my early 20s, I was able to go back into toy stores and there would be a drum in the middle of the store that had G.I. Joe's <laughs> for $2. Yeah. And I was able to buy all of the Rise of Cobra G.I. Joe's, including sort of the rarer runs like Bench Press and uh, Agent Helix and all that for $2. Uh, I was able to get, you know, vehicles and things for $5. It was just insanity of just how much uh, this uh, toy line sat and yeah, um, yeah. unfortunately did the brand a fair bit of damage. So much so we didn't see anything else uh, from G.I. Joe here at Australian Retail uh, since then. We didn't get yeah. any of the Pursuit of Cobra stuff. We didn't even get any of the G.I. Joe retaliation stuff when that second movie yeah. uh, came around um which had two runs because it was originally going to come out one year and then they delayed it uh at the last minute even though toys were already on the shelf so then it had a second time uh when they were hasbro were doing another toy launch for it and we still didn't get those toys so uh it's really been something that australian retail have been very wary uh of stocking and because of that yeah, it doesn't seem like a lot of retailers and including online specialty retailers uh, have really put uh, this brand forward. But a lot of people seem to be interested uh, in it. There's... Yeah. yeah. Well, look, I, I am. And I, I have to say, you know, I think I, I can't remember whether I mentioned it when we reviewed Snake Eyes or just during our assorted exchanges, you know, during the week. But, uh, you know, I'm very excited for this line. I, I've always uh, a very good friend of mine, Nick, uh, is a, an enormous G.I. Joe collector, both toys, comics, uh, and every, you know, incarnation. And uh, we used to be um, housemates. And so I had all my Marvel Legends and he had all these Joes. And so, you know, I often used to sit there playing with, the, you know, these figures and, you know, who's this and what's this and that kind of thing. And I've always loved the, the military aspect of it, um, particularly all the gear. And I was always very envious of all of the, um, you know, the extra bits that these guys would get. And I think that's why I always said that if they went to six inch, I would do that. And so getting these in hand this week, as we did, it's really sort of given me this, I don't know, like a boost of enthusiasm that I think um, I needed because uh, Marvel Legends and Star Wars Black, I think I might have even been getting a bit burnt out by the the volume and the repetition and, and that sort of thing. So, so you know, I was really excited about recording tonight and that's why I really wanted to, to make sure John uh, was on the show to get his thoughts as well, being the Joe collector. Um Let's let's talk about Wave One, uh, a five-figure set, which is um, kind of a bit unusual because 
you know, we don't get five-figure sets in in Marvel Legends. It's probably more of a, a Star Wars Black kind of thing. Um, do we want to talk about the uh, character selection or talk about the packaging first? Any any thoughts? Uh, let, let's talk about the packaging. Um, so so it, it is interesting because they've um, – yeah, you, you've got sort of what you would come to expect from a six-inch figure now where it's a kind of collector-friendly box case. You can see the figure clearly uh, inside, the accessories laid out. You've got sort of the title of the line, um, the name of the character. But where it's unique is they've got all these different styles of character artwork uh, in the bottom right corner that is really distinct. Now, I, I quite like this because it's one of the things that I love about comics is different artists having different styles and yeah, making pieces unique. Um, but I could also understand if you're a bit OCD about uh, type of things, it's really <laughs> going to stand out to you that, you know, the artwork on Duke, which I can't place the artist, but uh, I'd, no. I'd almost say that uh, Dave Stewart coloured it. It's almost that very Dark mm. Horse style colouring. And then you've got, I'm fairly confident that's Phil Noto uh, on the Scarlet uh, box doing the artwork uh, for her that's um, a bit more realistic but stylized. Yeah, Snake Eyes is almost a very uh, realistic design type setup. Uh, Mm, mm. Might be, yeah, Mike Hawkins maybe doing Roblox. But, yeah, that's like another um, sort of completely different style that's, a little yeah. bit hyper realistic, and then another really abstract design for Destro. Um, but yeah, the boxes are um, probably a little bit more akin to the Star Wars Black than they are the Marvel Legends. Like they are a, a perfect sort of rectangle, um, whereas the Marvel Legends have some of those odd angles. Um, but the one thing I note is that um, the boxes are actually wider, um, and I haven't measured height-wise to a Star Wars Black. I'm just quickly looking around in my office to see if I have a Star Wars Black, but I do not. Um, but um, they are actually a good-sized box, and uh, what I liked is there was actually plenty of window um, real estate to sort of get in there and look at the, the figure and also all of those accessories. Um no mention of sculpting at all, which is not unusual for Hasbro, but, um, you know, the OCD in me was a little bit disappointed to notice that the figures are actually uh, numbered. So uh, for those, uh, you know, people who like to keep their figures in the box, boo, um, you can actually line these guys up and actually have uh, the nice consecutive numbering. So uh, Boy, so much so... They did not consult with you, did they? No. <laughs> so okay, you can't skip I'm... any of these now? I'm just going to say it now. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't want to come out this early in the uh, discussion, but I actually am I'm, I'm loving these figures so much. I've ordered a, a second way, a second oh. um, set um, because they just look so nice together. Um, and I think, you know, we've actually been talking during the week um, about the possible wave two and some of the rumors that are going around. And the back of the box is actually fantastic. There's this uh, amazing art that features uh, quite the myriad of, uh, you know, characters from the Joe universe. And uh, I think there's some pretty strong hints in there as to who might be uh, coming in the next wave. But um, I, I just, I, I really like the packaging. I like the side of the box where um, you've got the numbering, you've got the logos of the various kind of factions. The box numbering is on the side as well as the top. Um, if you're looking from the top down, 
Um, yeah, they're, they're just, and, and they're actually quite easy to open. I actually found that, you know, the tray, because of the rectangular box, they just slide straight out, um, no problems whatsoever. And so if you do actually want to sort of have a bit of a play and put them back, um, they're nowhere near the pain that a, like a Marvel Legends figure would be with those weird kind of angles in getting that tray out from the side. So packaging-wise, yeah, I actually think they look really good. Um, I think the... The character name could be a bit bigger. The, the the G.I. Joe classified series logo is actually quite large, and then you've got this tiny little sort of name of the character underneath. But I would guess, you know, for people like us, it's not like we're actually picking them up and going, now, which guy is this? And, you know, looking for a name somewhere on the box. So, um, John, any, any thoughts on any of the packaging before we sort of get character specific? I, I, I'm not particularly... Um I think Scarlet's face makes her look a little older, but that's that's about the only thing in there that I saw. I, yeah. Do they have Do they have file cards on the back? Do they have like character? No. On the back? They no. don't. There is like a sidebar on them that has like images of like okay, uh, you know, heavy gunfire, martial arts weapon, uh, kind of like a cloak and dagger kind of look that is kind of a quasi file card in a weird way without actually being. One, it's sort of like a weird attempt of being like, here's some symbols that if you can kind of work out, we'll tell you <laughs> these characters' specialty areas. But um, yeah. it's, it's a yeah. bit of guesswork to uh, get it. Yeah, it's almost like something as if you were playing a video game. You'd go into, um, you know, the different characteristics of the of the characters. So. And um, while it's not uh, mentioned, I... I Going out on a bit of a limb here, uh, one of these guys at least was sculpted uh, by one of our sculpt friends uh, of the show, whose name I'm blanking on. I think it's Paul Harding. Apologies if it, if if it's not uh, Paul, but uh, he did tweet out a couple of months ago some great uh, grayscale uh, oh, of okay. uh, Destro, uh, and I believe at least one other one um of just uh the fantastic uh yeah work there. so i apologies if it's a different paul i think it's paul harding but um yeah it's uh it, it is something i do wish that they did do more is uh, i'd love to get <laughs> a, a better list going of like which sculptors are actually working on yeah. uh, we need like we need like a sculptor imdb that's right. Uh, going. I, I would love to know um, what people have worked on completely different figures that I love uh, over the years, but yeah. whoever it was, well done. That's why I enjoy, you know, when you're, you're friends uh, on Facebook with people like Jean and Jean, who, you know, often posts the, um, you know, the, the prototype. Uh, of stuff that he's actually worked on in the past and so obviously you know very aware of things that he's worked on but every now and then he posts something and i go oh wow i didn't realize he actually sculpted that so that's that's pretty cool all right well let's jump ahead now i think we've mentioned most of the characters um at one point or another but we'll just quickly go through uh who our five uh figures are off like first cabs off the rank um we did mention roadblock duke scarlet snake eyes and we haven't mentioned destro so um a bit of a uh, poor ratio there of good guys versus bad guys but that is the lineup to wave one um john based on your knowledge of gij how does that kind of shape up as a as a you know character selection from wave one sort of all the i mean obviously snake eyes you know the popularity but um the other guys 
I, I think, you know, that's solid. Um, Scarlet's an original one, so that's good. Uh, Roadblock's always got his fans, and, you know, he was kind of the main character in the last movie, so they kind of wanted to make him kind of front and center, I think. Yeah. Doesn't look anything like The Rock, though. No. <laughs> oh, well, well, they, they have uh, given him an, um, uh, that sort of upper arm tattoo. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which Roadblock has not had in any other iteration aside from uh, the Rock figures. So uh, rock. There's, there's a little bit of a hint towards uh, the, the Rock here. Good on, I, I, good on. I probably would have rather have seen like a generic Cobra Trooper or something instead of Destro. But, you know, that's yeah, that, that might just be me. I mean, it, it, it'll be interesting to see how they do space them out because the, the current rumours, and, uh, you know, we must reinforce this clearly that it is just uh, rumour at the moment, um, that the next lineup is along the lines of um, Baroness, Cobra Commander, um, uh, Storm Shadow, or an army builder possibly. Yeah, I, I actually think um, because if you look at the artwork on the back of the package, uh, there is an image of some red ninjas yeah. uh, that are using Snake Eyes' lower legs. Uh, and it's assumed that, you know, you would use the legs off uh, the Snake Eyes figure um, and reuse that for the red ninja. Now, there is uh, an image going around as well. It was an early promotion uh, image for something else, G.I. Joe, that actually used these same designs and there was a storm shadow on it that used that red ninja uh design there as well for the rest of the body so uh i would imagine potentially they might be holding storm shadow for wave three uh and we might get a red ninja in wave two that's being teased here on the actual back of this package yeah and then they've got the sculpt kind of ready to go uh, of course, the other one that's quite prominent that hasn't been sort of shown is um is Gung Ho, so which would be pretty cool as well. So, but um yeah, look in in terms of uh, recognition, it's pretty obvious uh, who all of these guys are. I think they've done a pretty good job. Um, Eddie, you posted us some links to the uh, the classic versions, um in from the three and three quarter uh, line, and and I think they actually match up really really well. Um, yeah, I, I sort of have been looking at the images of uh, these guys because they're not they're not perfect. They're not one on one direct adaptations, but uh, if you were to squint, uh, you might think that they are. Uh, so it's it's almost kind of like when uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe does a really good costume, and you're like, okay, that that looks a lot like the character. They're recognizable as that classic A character look, uh, but there's sort of little elements added in to make it, you know, slightly realistic in the modern day. Um, yeah. Or, you yeah, know, a, a little bit extra detail chucked in where they might not have had room in the comic or the yeah. small figure to uh, do so. Yeah, Scar yeah. Scar Scarlet's original uniform just would not have worked here. So I don't think. She looked oh. too super superhero, I think, you know, rather than a Oh, wearing the uh wearing the orange orange swimsuit. Yeah. Over the uh yeah, the blue overalls kind of thing. Yeah. All right, well that's that's our uh, wave one character breakdown. Now we're going to talk um, a little bit about the actual figures themselves, and I have to say, um, having a roadblock was the one I was kind of keen on on sort of getting out and having a play with, and the first thing that strikes you about these these figures, 
um, because I, was, I sort of took Roadblock out and I was holding him in my hand. I thought, gosh, he's actually a pretty big figure. So uh, I wandered in and I was kind of putting him on shelves next to Marvel Legends to see how he scales up height-wise, which I'll get to sort of shortly. But the first thing I actually noticed is um, they're actually really well-proportioned. So, you know, you've obviously got these kind of muscular dudes because, you know, they're, they're, you know, heroes in this fantasy world, etc. But the the proportions of the, the musculature are so much different. So, you know, I had Roadblock on the shelf next to, um, oh, I don't know what you call him, Hydra Cap, I guess, any of the one that came in the two-pack. Because yeah. um, he was kind of like the closest bulky figure that I thought might, might sort of scale up. And he, he's actually taller than Hydra Cap. But he's much, much better proportioned. And so, for example, you know, we often talked about how much do we love the DC Universe Classics um, standard male buck um, that most of the, the the big guns were done on. Um, but, you know, it's 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 totally out of proportion. Like they've got these enormous deltoids that just, you know, would not work at all. Um, but Roadblock is actually really quite well proportioned. He's quite narrow uh, across the shoulders but still has that musculature. And that actually is reflected across you know all the figures i thought like duke is you know is, is quite slimmed down he doesn't actually have these kind of enormous muscles so that's that's an interesting design choice that i think they've gone for and it, it works really well for me i'm really liking it yeah i i do really like it too i think that's part of what's good with the packaging of them actually having a bit of room um like particularly if you look at scarlet and the packaging there's a lot of negative space there but uh, i think it's a bit forward planning in the line that if they do sort of mix around body types and also potentially accessories coming in you know they don't have to go change the packaging or uh cross through and yeah it is uh it, it sort of really adds to great group shots in that when you do have all these characters that are varying heights and sort of different body shapes that uh all kind of proportion well together uh, yeah, which is something yeah. i actually didn't consider but um, I've actually noticed on a couple of G.I. Joe pages that I'm a part of. This is a big negative for some collectors. Some collectors are <laughs> not grief. a big fan <laughs> of it and sort of liked back in the three and three quarter days where everyone was exactly the same height, had the exact scale um, arms and setup, which uh, I, I sort of, in asking about it and talking to people, seems to come back to the fact that that line was a uh, vehicle line and if you had changes to body types and proportions the few times that they did do it it meant that that person couldn't hop in uh you know the vehicle seat or cross through so it used to drive them crazy as a kid uh but considering this is a six inch line and vehicles are probably going to be few and far between um it's not something that i'm as worried about uh, yeah. Well, I've just got out my trusty tape measure and uh, Roadblock is, is sort of sitting on my computer in front of me and I've just measured him. He is a smidgen under 17 centimetres, which in, um, in you know, Cro-Magnon speak is just under six and three quarter inches. Now, I think based on 112 scale, six and three quarter, oh, I think that would probably make him about six foot eight. So, so he's certainly, um, you know, he's certainly on the bigger side, but um, Duke's not a, you know, not a small guy either. But, um, you know, I actually don't think that's too bad at all, given that Roadblock is obviously one of the bigger dudes um, in the Joe squad. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and so his design is based off the version two of Roadblock, so it's not him uh, in the singlet. It's him uh, in more of kind of the heavy-duty 
uh, pardon the pun, uh, vest. <laughs> oh, uh, I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and this could also possibly be another nod to the Rocks Row block where he uh, sort of got around in one of these vests uh, in the movie. Uh, I do like it's got the knife sheath that the original one had, but uh, yeah. this version is a removable knife that you can uh, take out and plug in, uh, which is great. Uh, the gold, uh, which is something that's across uh, three of the four Joes, uh, is another point that's been a bit contentious with mm, collectors. Mm. Uh, I'm not going to say that I absolutely love it. I do like that it adds a little bit of uniformity across a line of characters that are usually, apart from the original uh, wave, uh, often in very distinct uniforms for army uh, and very individual uniforms for an army battalion. Uh, so having something that does kind of tie these characters together, I don't mind. Uh, but I think it works better on some than others. And Roadblocks ones is a little too kind of costume gold uh, for my liking. I quite like the gold that they used uh, on Duke or even Scarlet a little bit more than uh, this gold here. But uh, that that's a bit of a small uh, nitpick. I've actually seen quite a few people customising these already, and and because they're obviously made by the same company, the the underlying pegs are pretty much going to be the same. So I've seen people who are already popping off uh, roadblocks lower legs below the knee. So he's actually got a um, um, a cut um, so that allows you to sort of swivel those boots just under sort of the knee. Um, like, like a calf swivel, I guess you call it. But I've seen people swapping that out with the boots from Crossbones and uh, just giving him regular black lace-up boots. So, you know, if you're willing to actually drop these guys um, in some boiling water, you can actually do some switch-arounds. I've seen people removing uh, Roadblock's vest as well by, um, you know, popping out the arms and then, you know, the vest just comes off, you know, over the top. Uh, in fact, I saw one guy had the vest off and just had him wearing uh, just like a black singlet or, or wife beater. And that's it. Mm. So a few options uh, to more, go more there. More like the V1. Then. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but, you know, the, the, the thing about this, and, and Eddie, you mentioned this, um, I don't know whether it was, again, you know, while we, when we talked about Snake Eyes or whether it was just during chat, is that um, because Hasbro own the license and aren't paying licensing rights to someone like Marvel for Marvel Legends, um, you know, there's potentially much more money uh, going around to do some of the tooling on these figures. Um, and, and so far, you know, I'm, I'm really enjoying the level of detail they've put into these guys. Um, you know, no doubt we'll get some reuse, but, um, you know, the, the figures are, are really nicely put together. Like those knee joints, like Roadblock, you know, he's a big dude, but he's got double-jointed knees. Um, they're so beautifully hidden um, in the way they've sculpted the the pants, particularly like that right leg that doesn't have the, the knee pad over it. Um, they, they just look fantastic. There's a lot of really, really nice detail, like in the, the pockets on his vest and things like that. Yeah, and we should say too that the vest I actually find quite interesting because it's a very thin plastic, but it doesn't feel flimsy at all. Like I'm not worried mm. that it's going to tear over time or uh, whatever it is. It does feel like it's solid plastic, but it is a very thin solid plastic. So he does still have ab crunches and that mm. sort of ball joint at the waist and uh, all that. So you can get a lot of movement uh, out of his body, 
but it's completely covered by this uh, very thin, uh, soft plastic vest that's over it that works. Yeah, because uh, he's got really the butterfly well. joint in his shoulders. Yep. Yeah, so that, for a big guy, he's got um, all the articulation. on. They haven't skimped uh, on anything that I can see. Like, it's all there, including, do we actually have a term for this fancy new kind of pull-down leg articulation? Uh, we've sort of called it kind of the Bandai or the figure arts, uh, yeah. pull down hips, but yeah, someone needs to come up with a shorter version of, <laughs> uh, drop hip, drop hip. Drop, that's drop it. Hip. That's its official yeah, nice. now. All, all collect. Drop hip. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm on it. Well, I, I was a little bit concerned to be honest, because when I got roadblock out, his legs were quite floppy, but I, I think that's just going to be the way, um, you know, these joints are. But if you're not aware of what the drop hip is, it actually, um, you, you can sort of gently pull downwards on the leg and uh, the, the the leg moves out of the hip joint and actually gives you a little bit of extra leeway when it comes to, to posing. So um, he, he can do the full Van Damme splits. Like yeah, you. it actually removes some of that restriction uh, in posing. So, you know, people are already getting some, you know, pretty good uh, photos online of these guys. So, you know, sculpt-wise and articulation-wise, like I, I just can't fault them, I think. You know, they look great. And, I mean, when you look at the original figures that have barely any definition in their face, it's all sort of been added, uh, you know, with paint apps. Um, you know, each of these guys has uh, their own unique look. Um, Paint-wise, yeah, it's an interesting one. That, you know, a, lo a lot of the parts on these figures are actually sculpted in the coloured plastics. So, you know, all of Roadblock's arms and his head, et cetera, are sculpted. Uh, um, cast in, in brown plastic. His legs are cast in green plastic. So there's a, sort of a few paint apps here and there. Like the, the, the aforementioned gold, Eddie, um, mine's actually fairly well applied. I think, you know, really the only kind of letdown for me um, with like the roadblock figure, for example, is the red um, on his gloves is a bit kind of hit and miss. But um, most yeah, of it's I've, not I've bad. I've got one finger that's a little bit off. But uh, yeah. apart from that, yeah, it's all uh, fairly nicely applied. Yeah, so um, not bad. And um, yeah. and the other thing is uh, they're killing it already with accessories. Like these guys all really come kitted out. Yeah, so let's uh, talk about the elephant gun uh, in the room. Yeah, to... can someone – you guys obviously know more about G.I. Joe than I do. I'm really curious why, you know, like Roadblock was packed in with this giant tuning fork. So I this I don't know if it's so much to do with Roadblock um, as just where they seem to be going uh, with the line in general. Um, I think it's most obvious with Roadblock because he's the heavy gunner, so he comes with the big guns. Mm -hmm. um, now I can understand uh, the original gun that he came with. Uh, I believe is a World War One gun. Um, so I can understand in 2020 that they might be, uh, retiring that and, uh, looking to go, uh, with sort of a newer style weapon, but they've gone with, uh, sort of this big futuristic rail gun, uh, looking type piece. Uh, and it is across the other figures. They are coming with, uh, more sci-fi weapons than, uh, realistic weapons. And I think that's just a part of where. G.I. Joe and Toys are in 2020 is, uh, you know, they are looking to make these uh, on retail shelves and uh, it's a way of um, kind of giving people guns but potentially avoiding um, some controversy 
uh, at yeah. the same time because um, things in this area tend to float in and out and guns can be a big topic one week and, you know, not so much the next. So uh, it could be a time that there's uh, not a lot being discussed and then something happens in the news and it becomes a big piece and suddenly people might be going, why are these on our shelves? Uh, yeah. Pull them off. So I, th I think it's Hasbro kind of covering their own bases, as we mentioned with the exclusive uh, Snake Eyes, though, he did come with realistic weapons. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if the exclusive Joes do have these more realistic type uh, weapons and guns and the more regular type ones that are going to hit the retail shelves. Then you're going to see with more of these. Now, I noticed um, uh, I noticed you just happened to say on the shelves when people see these on the shelves. Now, was that because, uh, like me, you noticed they don't actually have any peg hooks? Really? <laughs> the boxes don't have any peg hangers on them at all. Like, there's no way to hang them on a peg. They have to sit on the shelf. Well, so, I'd, I'd be picturing more specialty toy shells these days when um, mm. talking well, about you know something like more like zing here uh there, there's some transformers that are that way aren't there Eddie? The, the uh, yeah like that? i, I so. it, i've been a while since i've really studied a transformers book but yeah i believe you're right mm. um on the one it, it is something that you know you don't really have uh, a whole lot of aisles that have those drop hooks um really yeah. uh, anymore um things are sort of moving back to more basic shelves and that so yeah yeah well all right well roadblock does come with this rather large weird tuning fork gun uh, i'll be pretty much leaving that in the box and going for something a bit more realistic i i have um many memories of seeing roadblock carrying his uh his 50 cal m2 browning or, or something sort of similar um, if the artist was too lazy to look it up, and so um, you know, I'll, I'll go a bit more down that path than the sci-fi path. Um, and he's got a little sort of mag for it as well as the the knife yeah, that you mentioned. That, that is what I do really like about um, uh, this gun is the removable mag. I love when GI Joe has this type of thing where it's like, okay, it's modular. You can connect things in, take mm. them apart, and uh, work with. I do also really like uh, the gun is clear plastic. Uh, and so it's painted in silver in certain areas, but uh, areas sort of closer uh, to the end of the gun do kind of glow when you hold light behind it and giving it a bit oh, of an effect. So, cool. yeah, going for that sci-fi uh, look, it does uh, work well as a sci-fi gun. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's move on and talk about Duke, and uh, he's pretty well kitted out uh, too. So um, in addition to his armaments, uh, which are, well, another bit of a sci-fi gun, but I think it's kind of loosely based on the sort of the, the classic M4 assault rifle. Um, he also comes with uh, a handgun. Um, but um, what I actually quite liked about this, and, and this is one of the things I mentioned before, is, you know, kidding out those extras, is he's got a pretty groovy uh, backpack. That's um, mm. And yeah. it, it's a backpack that's a great nod. Like, this is the original Duke backpack with a little yeah. digging shovel there um, in the middle. And the uh, I, I don't think it had two um, canteens, but uh, it had a canteen there uh, yeah. on the side. So it's, it's nice getting those uh, classic nods. Probably the only you know, disappointment with this was the fact that um, it's kind of all, you know, except for the shovel, it's all one colour. It would have been nice to have a few paint apps. But, um, you know, I think if you were that keen, you could just sort of take uh, a brush to it pretty easily. But anyway, go, John. I, I was trying to think of what 
gun that Duke came with originally. And I, you know, I was thinking it well, it would have been cool to have him come with like the cartoon laser rifle, but you know, the, the cartoon laser rifle really, if it was updated, would probably look more like what he has, you know, uh, with the, the more modern, uh, stock and grips and, and stuff. So, um, mm, mm, I, I, mm. I think that's a fair update. Yeah, I, I do really like uh, this gun that he comes. I think he comes with uh, the best weapons uh, of uh, the new bunch. Um, because really, if you were to take the front of the gun away, um, it would look like a generic assault rifle uh, type piece. It's just that sort of um, last couple of inches. Uh, but it has got that blue effect once again, which um, uh, I'm forgetting which way it was, but I believe it was sort of red and blue lasers in the cartoon. So, and I think... Yeah, so the Joes had the blue lasers and uh, Cobra had the red. So giving these guys sort of blue on their kind of futuristic weapons is also a nice nod uh, to the original Joe uh, cartoon there as well. But uh, Duke is, by all standards, your classic white bread army guy uh, type piece. So um, giving him kind of the best version of a generic weapon you're going to go with like it, yeah. it, it is fitting for him to have uh that great base but for a guy that's very um kind of white toast uh they've done a fantastic <laughs> job on this figure like he could have yeah. been a very boring figure he's a guy in a shirt with green pants basic <laughs> weapon white blonde hair type look we've seen a thousand times in action figures before, but uh, they've somehow managed to get like a personality into like the, his head sculpt is absolutely incredible. It uh, is. Down to yeah, like the fade of the haircut. The scar the, over his eye. Yeah. And even just kind of, he's got a neutral expression, but almost kind of these uh, like, <laughs> it's getting a bit dopey here, but it's kind of got like these sad eyes behind it type thing. Like it's, you, you get a lot of the character. Um, yeah. he, he doesn't have the, the goofy grin that the original had either. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> have uh, have done away with that. But, yeah, you know, the, this guy, you know, seems like he's he's seen a bit of battle uh, over the years, but it hasn't sort of stopped him type thing. Like, it's, it's a great, great um, head sculpt. What I actually like is how um, the original figure came with those huge honking binoculars that, that were sort of hanging around his neck, you know, in front of him. But they've updated this figure to have this really neat little handheld night vision, um, you know, binoculars. Uh, so, you know, yeah. they've obviously moved with the technology, um, which is really cool. Oh, I mean, again... And plugs into his belt too to make it, uh, once again, another of those kind of modular pieces that works. Yeah. Once again, I, I can't fault the sculpt on this guy. There, there's so much detail going on, um, you know, here in terms of, you know, the pattern on his pants. They've taken the time to do um, the pockets, you know, on his shirt and, and he looks like he actually has his sleeves rolled up, etc. So, that, you know, the, and, and all the webbing and stuff that he's got, the, the sort of pouches and everything have all little neat little buttons and clips. Um, and, and they're kind of like, the you know, those modern... Um, clips as well for, for putting, um, you know, belts and stuff on rather than, than Velcro. So, um, yeah, that that's, again, you know, really sort of amazing. But um, for me, a little bit of a letdown in the paint department in that there's a, a lot of stuff that could do with some highlighting um, that they obviously just haven't had the number of paint apps available to do. Um, I mean, the standout for me is his watch. He's, you know, he's got this bright orange watch um, that, that, 
you know, would probably look really good with some nice highlighting of a separate colour um, and it's just kind of let itself down a bit. But still, there is actually, you know, quite a bit like his wings, etc., um, up near his collar. They've taken the time to paint those gold. Um, but, yeah, again, still just, you know, a fun figure. Yeah, and, like, the articulations are great on him too. They've given him sort of the one sideways swivel wrist and the one up and down uh, swivel cut wrist so you can get some great double-handed rifle poses. You can get him in the John Wick positions and uh, whatnot. Like, it's a... Um, that, that always used to be a bit of a struggle sometimes with the old G.I. Joe figures was getting them to hold rifles with two hands. And now um, you can definitely get them in uh, great naturalistic uh, posings yeah. uh, what, with what, their weapons. What, what joints are in the wrist? Uh, so you've got... Uh, they've both um, have uh, sort of the swivels that you'd naturally have. And then you've got the cut uh, swivels. So... Uh, on the right-hand side, that's uh, his wrist can also move uh, left to right as well as 360. And the one on the left hand uh, can move around 360, but you can also move it uh, up and down okay. uh, on a different angled cut swivel. Excellent. All right. Well, shall we move on to the Lady of, uh, of the Wave? And uh, let's have a talk about Scarlet. Um as we mentioned, a bit of an updated version of that original costume, but still paying sort of homage with the uh, the assorted colours. Uh, the, the number one thing I love about this figure is they've actually taken the time to paint freckles on her cheeks. Yeah, like she, she's <laughs> another uh, great head sculpt. Uh, and they do use the uh, photo printing uh, scan here, obviously not based off an actor, but it works really well to get really good paint in the right spots on the face sculpts that yeah. just really brings up like giving them the wet eyes and lips, uh, but natural things like the freckles and that, um, in fades just works really well. Yeah. A lot of, uh, a lot of amazing detail again in, in her costume. Um, you know, you even they've taken the time in that, that sort of gray part, um, of her pants, you know, around her, her waist and her upper thighs. Um, you can actually kind of see the, the paneling, in the material and uh, if you actually have a look the the blue i guess shirt that she'd be wearing under that kind of um that that armor uh, chest armor you can actually see all of the um the panels and lines almost as if you know there's a, a zip running down the center of that blue um shirt like there's some really nifty detail in there that i really hadn't sort of noticed until i just started playing a bit more now like it's um it's another fantastic sculpt and it does it wonderfully too in just the sculpt makes you feel the different material like, okay, this would be sort of a leather strap and this is more of, you know, cotton stronger material. This is kind of like a microfiber of the under suit type piece. Uh, this is kind of like a hardened metal or plastic armored piece. Like it, it really does feel uh, like she's kitted out in all these different materials, which works yeah. really well. And uh, in true Hasbro style, keeping up their hot streak, uh, she doesn't have double-jointed elbows. Yeah, it, it, it Boo. is. Boo. Boo, Hasbro, and your single-jointed women. Yeah. That didn't sound right. Did I, it? I, I, I would be interested to see if they have prototypes in the studio that just look god-awful. And <laughs> it is something that's been said for years. I'm sure they, they definitely know about it. So yeah. um, I, is it something to be careful what you wish for? Yeah, uh, type thing, but uh, 
yeah, it's uh, yeah. So look, Scarlet comes kitted out with her um, pistol crossbow, and she's got a she's sort of wearing a, a bandolier across her shoulder with um with more you know arrows or bolts um, in that. But um, is there a story behind her needing to have so many knives? Not overly beyond she is a bit of a weird military <laughs> aspect where she's kind of the action hero type person. Like she's both military and she's trained by snake eyes and she's covert ops and things. So she's someone you would send in on a stealth mission despite her kind of super colorful uh, attire. So Yeah, I mean, she's, she's, the, she's the Black Widow of G.I. Yeah. Joe. Really. Right. So yeah, she she would be going in looking at um, taking guys down silently. So I I would take it for me because she does come with three knives. The one on her chest uh, in the bandolier would be her tactical uh, knife, but the ones in the back in her quiver um, that are up in the shoulder, I take those to be very like quick throwing knives you can yank from over your shoulder and just chucking um, kind of style. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. All right, well, I think she's probably the most light on of uh, of accessories, but um, still looks good. I mean, you know, she's obviously small, so she uh, does have a lot of spare real estate in that box. Not quite um, diamond select, but, you know, she's, uh, yeah, still pretty tiny. She does have, um, I don't know if this is a construction thing or if it's something to do with crossbows, but her 25th anniversary figure had this too, where her crossbow is modular. You can take uh, kind of the bow part of the crossbow off um, oh, as well as the wire, yeah. and it does leave you with sort of this weird kind of uh, base gun type mm. piece. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's just the way you make crossbows in these kind of toys. Or, yeah, uh, I, think it, a... I think it is. Yeah. It's just easier to mold. Yeah. The, the yeah. Renegades one did that too. Yeah, it's got a bit of that... Um, renegades kind of feel to it because it is a very updated uh crossbow uh with the compound pieces and yeah uh, sort of stuff in there as well excellent all right we're going to move along now to uh our resident ninja now we're not going to go into too much detail about this guy because we talked about him in detail only a few episodes ago but um you know scotty do you want to um scotty (laughs) eddie do you want to tell us a little bit about the i guess the, the color change more than anything yeah, so this version's uh, kind of more your much more classic all black uh, snake eyes. Uh, now that's I say all black, he does have a couple of silver joints in terms of uh, connection points on belts and grass. Not where, nowhere near as many as the exclusive had. He does have red on the Arishikage symbol on his belt, his uh, sword sheath. And a red dot just above his knight's visor uh, mm. on his head, which I'm not too big of a fan of because to me from a distance it looks like someone's made a paint mark kind of splodge. Yeah. It's not really till you look up close. It's like, okay, there is a little indentation. It's meant to be there, but I'm not a big fan. Inspired uh, by the Cylons or something. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it does uh, give that kind of look. Now, I was a huge fan of the exclusive one that we got. Um, it's arguably going to be my figure of the year. Uh, oh, I am on. glad I got that version. The only though. halfway. <laughs> yeah. Come on. It's, 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 it's plenty it's, of time. It's, 
yeah, it, it's room for something to knock it out, but uh, it, it's going to have to be pretty spectacular um, <laughs> to do it. But uh, this guy, um, he, he's got some faults for me, the basic version. Uh, and hopefully this is just stuff with my one, uh, but my bandolier that hangs over his shoulder, uh, it wasn't drilled uh, at the right angle for the hole on his back. So when you put his backpack in, through the hole in the bandolier that goes into his back. It leaves his bandolier sort of dangling upwards above his shoulder uh, more than the deluxe one uh, did. The deluxe mm. one fit fairly smoothly. This one, the bandolier doesn't fit as smoothly um, across the body uh, as I would like. Uh, he does come with – oh, uh, the other thing with mine that unfortunately was not great is his knife sheath. There is a chunk of plastic – um, that's been mismolded at the bottom of the knife sheath. So the knife doesn't go in all the way like it does on the deluxe version. It sort of sticks out uh, a little bit from the sheath, which is a bit unfortunate. And I might not even notice if it wasn't from having the deluxe version and knowing it is meant to go all the way in. Uh, so that's a bit of a shame. But hopefully that's just issues uh, with my one and not uh, across the board. He does come with some slightly different uh, pieces. The main ones being... Uh, the uh, guns that he comes with yeah. are different. So uh, he comes with sort of a futuristic type Uzi and a futuristic type pistol. Uh, now this, they've done like a modular thing that doesn't quite work as well for me, where there is a backpack joint sticking out of the pistol. So it does clip on to the backpack, but then there's a hole in the Uzi as well. So you could stick the knife sheath into the Uzi and have that connected to the backpack at the same time that the Uzi's on there. But it just is a weird thing to be connecting the, uh, sorry, the sword sheath uh, into an Uzi that's then connected to a backpack. It's just kind of Tetris building this backpack more and more uh, yeah. off to the side. And the pistol has one of these modular backpack holes in it as well. So you could stick the pistol, the backpack into the pistol and, have the pistol holding the backpack or uh, same with Uzi. It's got that hole. So you could hold the backpack off the um, pistol for, I'm not too sure so, what reason you'd want for this, but <laughs> now I'm going to call it a submachine gun rather than uh, an Uzi. Cause it's a, uh, you know, I, I actually think this, they, they've loosely based this on um, uh, a machine pistol called uh, the Chris Vector. And uh, it's mm. got a lot of sort of similarities to, to that particular. I mean, the, the Chris Vector is incredibly futuristic um, in its appearance, and there's kind of a, a few nods here and there. Um, they've just kind of removed just enough for it to not be copyright, I imagine, um, copywriting on that. Yeah, well, they that have done the um, – John, you'd know potentially better than me, but didn't uh, Dusty, Dusty and a couple of yeah. other characters in Pursuit Dusty of Cobra come with a Vector? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But, so, yeah, they've – yeah, it's interesting. I mean, again, you're getting, you know, so much um, cool stuff here. I mean, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven accessories. If you if you can see, you know, the backpack, the sword, the knife, the scabbard for the sword, the machine pistol, the pistol, and then you've got the silencer that um, attaches to both. So, um, yeah, that's, that's actually pretty darn cool. Um, you know, in terms, I, I'm still kind of leaning as much as I, I dig sort of the futuristic stuff. I really uh, am still leaning towards the the classic equipment of the deluxe figure. But um, yeah, I mean, look, this is you know, this has got win written all over it. You know, people see this on the shelf, and it's, it's going to be hard to sort of 
Yeah, you know, I, I think definitely we're a bit spoiled by having the deluxe, particularly in Australia. That thing's apparently become a nightmare for people to get. Um, the few places that did have it have cancelled orders on folks. Yeah. Uh, so um, it, it it is a bit of a luxury to have to compare. Um, and if you didn't have that deluxe, this guy would be fantastic as a um, alternative to get like, all the great. No, you just pieces. ruined it for everyone. <laughs> 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 uh, the, the reason I would recommend picking up this guy, uh, if you already had the deluxe though, uh, and this is a, a very small thing, but the deluxe, the silencer was molded in a slightly more of the brown plastic, whereas in this version, the silencer is the black version. So it does match up with the gun a lot better with the silencer here. So you could take this silencer, put that on your deluxe versions, pistol or Uzi, and uh, it's going to blend in a a lot better than the brown silencer of the deluxe. In in my universe, Snake Eyes wears goggles. So, you know, take that. (laughs) (laughs) I I do like the goggles version. If I had to choose uh, the version, but uh, being a G.I. Joe line, I would be shocked if uh, in a wave or two we don't have a Goggles version. <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah. They'll, uh, they'll sh- you know, different head um, and change a couple of other little things and then just keep repackaging them. So, all right, well, we're going to move on to the fifth and final character, and uh, it is the international man about town arms dealer, um, Destro. And <laughs> I love this figure. I, I love, love, love this figure. I love the costume. I, I look at those that really high collar, and it just – it's like Saturday Night Fever John Travolta with just like a silver mask. <laughs> He's got the bare chest. It's it's just great. I love it. Yeah, the, the character to me has always been fascinating because uh, sort of the way that they portrayed him in the cartoon, having the big gold chain and the voice is uh, kind of almost like a, 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 a much different style image to kind of the Scottish version <laughs> that's... <laughs> Uh, listed on his file card is one of these few characters that nothing about him seems to match up with anything that Larry Harmer wrote on the file card. <laughs> and yet uh, it all works uh, fantastically. Like it's, it's just a great villain type idea. And it's something you don't really get too often. Like even in uh Marvel and that you don't have too many characters that's like this is the guy that's taking advantage of all the chaos just to make money and sell <laughs> weapons uh on the field and uh it's it, it is a really great idea uh for a character and they got a lot out of it uh in the comics where it's like okay he doesn't really care that much about cobra itself but he can make a lot of money yeah. out of cobra and all the weird stupid uh sci-fi stuff like the pogo jumper and that, that they're gonna <laughs> buy off him and uh make it through so uh just a really uh great uh three-dimensional character that uh larry harmer managed to create that has a great look so um he was always unique and distinct and stood out so uh, i think he's a great choice since we are only getting one villain in the initial wave um and you want to save some of the a tier later on such as cobra commander and that uh he's a great uh, choice out of the top villains uh to bring in uh to this line and uh they've definitely done a fantastic job on him like their head sculpt is just pure 
uh destro like i i can't look at this head sculpt and hear that voice sort of saying you know my dear cobra commander um from that 80s cartoon kind of anything like doctor who yeah um I, i love it i just i mean he's a big dude as well when you get him out of the pack he's actually you know um you know on the larger side which is cool um, but again, you know, it's so much great detail in, in this costume, like even, you know, his boots, he doesn't have laces. He actually has these weird kind of snap buckles, um, that would sort of Back hold the, the future self tying. Yeah. That would hold his, his boots firm. But, um, this, this figure is a, an enormous nod to, to the original, like, you know, everything is there, like the medallion, um, around the neck, the the little sort of you know wrist missile blaster kind of thing. It's it's um it's very cool. There I must is uh, something. I thought it was a mistake, but on close inspection, it's it is a bit of a nod to the original, which the original one kind of had a bit of a mistake, uh, and that's his pistol. Uh, now I'm not a gun expert uh, at all, but I believe that the uh, and this is his black black and red pistol. But I believe that the scope on the pistol is back to front, like it really is. that cross yeah. through, which I was like, oh, that's a bit of a, a, a shame um, that they have that there. But <laughs> uh, if you look at his original gun from the 80s, that's how the scope uh, yeah. looks. So uh, maybe but, things are different when you're wearing a metal mask. Like a yeah, <laughs> that's it. It's um, just a scope that lines up uh, uh, with cybernetics in his mask and allows him to that's shoot. Right. That's right. That's right. Good yeah. trick, yeah. Um, yeah, whoever, whoever sculpted this, which, yeah, I believe was Paul Harding, um, definitely was paying a lot of love uh, to that original version, which uh, is, yeah, such a classic design and yet still updated a bit. So he does have sort of those same level of seams and, um, you know, you yeah. can tell where he would zip this up and form it on where there's a little <laughs> bit of extra uh, kind of padding and potentially sort of futuristic uh, movable armor underneath but you get those great things like the wrist uh rocket launches on there uh but they've made choices to slim him down so he doesn't have like the wrist grenades which is kind of a weird thing to have grenades just there on your <laughs> wrist um so if you're going to choose to keep one of those i think the wrist rockets are the way to go <laughs> Even even the gold gun is kind of a, a nod to his later troops and stuff because they used a lot of gold in those figures. Yeah, it's um, definitely shows that he's uh, a fan of wealth, and it does match in with his uh, gold necklace as well. Like he's uh, not not afraid to have a little bit of bling. <laughs> uh, one thing uh, in terms uh, 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 of his uh, accessories that I do like. But uh, is also a little bit disappointing at the same time is his attache case. Uh, I do like that you get two different sides of it. One that has the Cobra command, the sorry, the Cobra symbol in red, and the other side still has the Cobra symbol, but it's in black. So you can sort of swap this around if you want it to be more standoutish mm. as Cobra. It's there, or if you want to have it on the other one, it's a bit more subtle, uh, like the original. That's there as well, and that opens up into uh kind of like a keyboard keypad uh what sort of looks like a bit of a nod to the z virus uh in here in sort of a clear see-through blue uh plastic that has a little bit of swirl printed on on the inside that makes you think that there's like kind of a liquid um kind of chemical warfare piece in here that could be activated and then he's got the money 
on the other side. And unfortunately, the money's a great nod, but it's also extremely plain. It's just green bricks with yellow stripes uh, painted on them. And that Pursuit of Cobra City Strike Destro that came with the individual blocks of money um, in different currencies um, tucked away in that briefcase, I think, has just spoiled it a bit. Because uh, if we'd gotten that in this case, this would just be an absolute uh, oh, yeah, uh, knocked it out of the park. <laughs> but having sort of a more basic design done in um, a much larger scaled, more detailed figure, it is a bit disappointing where you're like, okay, you've done this before better. Uh, it's it's a shame we can't uh, get that through here. But that that that's that's a nitpick. But yeah, does yeah. the black gun store in the case? It unfortunately doesn't. It's just slightly too big. Uh, darn. Yeah, which is another nitpick of the uh, case as well is uh, it only really fits his gold gun, which already has the holster. Yes, has the, yeah, yeah. All right, fantastic. I think you sold me on Duke. um, since we 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 do seem to be heading towards the wrapper uh out of these figures duke is my absolute uh favorite uh one he's you know he's very much the classic figure if you just want kind of a generic army guy type character um that sort of embodies gi joe obviously that's duke uh but the figure itself um is the best one he's the one i most frequently pick up and posing around uh on the shelf setting up uh through like this this would almost have me going like i know they're doing a snake eyes origin movie but i i could almost go a movie that's just about duke and you know the the first gi i know he's not the first gi joe that's joe colton and i'm gonna get letters but you know kind of like what's the origin of duke how did he become the guy who leads the ultimate military yeah, uh, type one. Like you, you could do a, a great story just on who is this guy and um, what he does. Which out of a character that on the surface seems very bland, uh, to get that much out of a figure, it's like okay, they've done well. Yeah, I, I'm more of a Flint Lady J guy myself, but you know, <laughs> I, I, I go back and forth. I, I, I had the Flint, uh, the sort of later desert style. Uh, figure as a kid and he was one of my favorites but uh the duke for me was always the ones from those early episodes of the show uh that i always remember even though i think flint actually had more episodes i uh, think you're right but uh yeah i i mainly remembered thanks to the weather dominator and uh the mass device episodes and that uh flint band a leader oh sorry um duke i'm just getting confused <laughs> <laughs> it's a, that must mean it's time to go. Yeah, Eddie needs to go to bed now. It's it past his bedtime. Uh, but uh, that I, look, this is something that I'm going to uh, decide not to collect simply because it's not one of my properties. Um, having said that, if for some reason I ran across them in retail, I probably would find it really hard not to grab. You know at least one <laughs> but i'm i'm gonna try really hard not to collect these but i will live vicariously through you um and <laughs> it, l- long it, made the line go it is getting really hard to be like i'm starting to look at my collection now and being like it's it's all basically hasbro six inch yeah like, all yeah. my like marvel legends star wars black gi joe classified power rangers lightning collection now um we've also got the new ghostbusters six inch coming in uh later on that i ordered a couple of weeks ago 
Uh, it's it, there's a lot of stuff coming from Hasbro that I'm <laughs> I'm digging and liking, and it's only really oh and Transformers as well. Um, it's only really uh, McFarlane with their DC stuff and um, a couple of other things that they've done there, such as Spawn. But uh, it looks like 90% of my figure spending now is Hasbro. Yeah, I've got a lot of Hasbro stuff on display, and every time I think that as well, I've got Sam the Eagle uh, from the, uh, my shelf of Palisades Muppets giving me the glare. <laughs> remember, remember, remember us? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird. Like there was a time I was buying a lot of Mattel with Masters and DC and mm. uh, a couple of other things, and True. yeah, now I look back and it's like, man, Hasbro is just dominating this six-inch scale market. Uh, at the moment, and yep, yep, yeah, and that I mean, they, they've potential. I was thinking the other day, like, oh, they they've potentially got the indie license having Star Wars, um, and such a good relationship with Disney, with Marvel, and other things. Like, and there's talk of a new indie film coming out, so potentially they'd get a wave out, uh, before that film toy wave is the way they sort of do things now, so. You know, potentially next year's Toy Fair or whatever, we might also have a six-inch Indiana Jones live coming at us. Or <laughs> like it's still probably not over yet. Like they had the Overwatch um, line that's uh, now seems to have died out, which uh, also scales really well uh, with these guys here. So mm. if you are looking for you know extra ninjas uh, to pose around with uh, snake eyes or extra gun pieces or uh, cross through ones. Uh, a lot of those Overwatch figures, you're getting clearanced uh, in many places. So you can grab them for very cheap to kind of bolster up the uh, G.I. Joe line here. I have a yep. uh, 112 Tommy Tech sniper rifle on order, and I bet it would look great with Scarlet. Oh, yep. Yes, I must confess I have uh, I have been investing in more of the little armory uh, weapons. I, I reviewed uh, a few of them a while back on the show. I think the M134 minigun I reviewed. Um, so I picked up a few others, including, uh, no surprise to anyone, the uh, the uh, M2 50 cal Browning, which I will be assembling for Roadblock in the near future. Yeah, very good. Well, thanks, guys, for that. That is excellent. That is our... Uh, breakdown for the show and that is our show uh, we would love to hear from you we are going to get much better about getting feedback organized again and the contact details are podcast at actionfigureblues.com if you want to email us at afblues if you want to tweet at us we are also on facebook there's an action figure blues facebook page and then also a fantastic uh, action figure blues collector community that you can join to chat to us and lots of other great collectors as well and we are uh, also on instagram thanks to the fantastic lukey luke and not on snapchat because we're not cool enough and we would love to hear from you in the meantime we'll uh, go collect some more things so that we can come back and talk to you again thanks guys that was super fun yeah hey. Hey, talk to you guys i miss Catch you guys. Uh, same to you <laughs> always good to talk to you john and uh and to you, dear listener, so stay safe out there and please be kind to each other. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Catch you next time. Have your pets Good, <laughs> <laughs> Good night, nerds. 
The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. Our theme music is by Robert Crandall. Our ad music is by Scott Holmes. The AFB logo is created by Nath Stones. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Mark's Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at actionfigureblues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. Well, now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail. These might be new releases, or we might even talk about... Fucking, are you kidding me? <laughs> that was we're like, pin, one, that was like laser beam out. accuracy, honestly. Uh, all right. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, in... <laughs> Oh, like Ricky Gervais trying to uh, uh, in Mr. Five, Toad, honestly. Five, four. <laughs> Are you done? We're you never gonna make you, it. Okay, sorry. You couldn't no, mute or something while no, you were giggling? Sorry. Like really? Sorry.